Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March 25th, and the Terps are an absolute wagon. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got our good friend, Dukes on the mic. Dukes, uh, how's it feeling this week? I know a big, uh, big four days in college basketball for you, but also uh, another solid weekend of college lax. Look, the Ivies look unbelievable i thought i wasn't gonna be able to watch that much across this weekend i was able to watch way more actually the i terrible weekend for the ivies three teams lost but go ahead well well i'm thinking about cornell yeah that was a great game and then you had the penn princeton unbelievable overtime game winner um i'm saying that three teams played each other so three of them had to lose well my brain doesn't work like that (laughs) That my brain, like I don't, I, like I don't know who they play on like Sunday. I'm thinking like Saturday schedule, but yeah, no, wonderful weekend for uh, for lacrosse. I mean, UVA got shit pumped. Didn't see that coming, but the good thing, Irish fans out there, St. Patrick's Day, we got the luck back. Notre Dame is so fucking back, so back. Yeah, I mean, all, all you need to do is, uh, you know, just just catch catch Michigan on this back half of the season, and it seems like you're gonna be. Uh... Gonna gonna be filling up the back of the net pretty quickly, but yeah, I mean let let's talk about that uh, Maryland Virginia game. Obviously, the biggest game that we've had of the season so far. Number one versus number two in the country. Um, listen, we've had so many people, and by so many people, I mean like maybe like four or five bitching and complaining like when are you guys going to talk about Maryland? Maryland's doing this. Maryland's doing that. You guys never talk about Maryland. Like I listen. I, I love Maryland. Like if, if there's one team that I want to win a national championship this year, like it, it's, it's going to be the Terps. My issue with Maryland is that like, they just so far this season, there just hasn't been anything like intriguing about them, right? Like they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're winning games. They're beating teams. Like they're consistently dominant. So like, like, what do you, what do you want me to say? Like get on here every single week and be like, yeah, Maryland beat another team. But what we saw out of them this weekend against Virginia was just another level, just a pure annihilation. Uh, And I mean, this Virginia team that is so deep, that is so talented offensively, they bitched them around for well over a a half of lacrosse. It like at no point in that first half did it look like that Virginia offense could get anything going. I think it wasn't until, like it was already like something like 15 to seven in like the third quarter. Like the game was already out of hand before they were even able to score two goals in a row. And the funny thing is, is their top dogs still got theirs in Virginia. You had Matt Moore had five, Schellenberger had five, Dixon had three. If I said all those things, you would probably imagine that Virginia won the game, but they didn't. Keegan Conn stole the show. And I just want people, the people that are like, talk about Maryland, talk about Maryland. It's not like we were surprised. We said that Maryland is a top two team in the country. I thought Virginia was better, but like, it's not like I was like, Maryland sucks. And I just want to pull up a tweet from June 29th, 2021. And when everyone says I fucking hate Maryland, I said, getting ahead of this one will not be fading Maryland next year after Keegan Khan announced he was going to Maryland. So I've been thinking that Maryland was going to be fucking good for over, not over a year, but for a long ass time. Like they're doing exactly what like they're supposed to do. They're Maryland. They win. They're, they're playing te- – you know, you know who they are? They're villain over basketball. I, I'm so in basketball mind, but, you know, just good team play. Like, good team. You're not going to have – they don't have, like, a – they have like studs, but you know what I mean? They don't have a Schellenberger, a, a name grab. They have Wisnowskis, but they just have really, really great lacrosse players, and they get the job done. I don't, I don't know who beats them, honestly. I, 
I, I, I think that that's a, a very solid comparison. Cause again, like it's it just that they're so good. So consistently that like, like the intrigue of that is gone. Like Virginia has the intrigue because they're back-to-back national champions. The Ivy has the intrigue because we mm-hmm. haven't seen them play in two years. Every once in a while, a team like Jacksonville will pop up because they're they're a team that goes on a little bit of a run that you never really expected to do anything. So like like those are things where it's like, oh yeah, like there's a story there. There's not really much of a story of oh yeah, Maryland's just fucking running through everybody again. So it's it's not that we're anti-Maryland. It's just that like they're so good that it almost became like they're you can't talk about them because you're just going to say the same thing over and over again. But again, like I said, like this, like as Keegan Khan's scoring, it was like, what, like seven, seven eight. Yeah. Like, well, I'm saying like eight seconds into the game, oh, just, yeah, set, yeah. just setting the tone of that one right away. Um, not what I was expecting. Like I, you know, I, I just always anticipate Virginia being that team that can just score every single time that they touch the ball. And there were some good moments for Virginia's defense. Like I, I didn't think that, it's it's crazy to say that a 23 to 12 game wasn't a totally horrific day defensively for mm-hmm. either team. Obviously, uh, you know, a much better day for uh Maryland's D than Virginia, but um also big I mean Tillman, what what a what a GM he is, what a day for the transfer portal Maryland had. So you got four and three out of Keegan Khan after he comes over from Villanova, and then Jonathan Donville, the transfer from Cornell, he also has three goals in the day. So I mean, right there, just seven goals and, and 13 point or yeah, seven goals. Oh, let's do the math here. 10 <laughs> wow. 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 Usually, usually you're not the, maybe you're, maybe you're rubbing off on me a little bit, but yeah, I'm so se- seven the- goal, seven goals, 10 points, uh, out of, out of the transfer portal. Um, yeah, I mean, now here's the one thing, little, little conspiracy here, right? Cause every time that we see something like this, something kind of perks up a little bit, right? Like this seems, mm-hmm. this seems like, Oh, this game shouldn't have gone this way. And, you know, you get into that third quarter and Virginia starts to put up a little bit of a comeback. I think you could tell right away. It was going to be a little, little, little too late for a full blown comeback, but they were going to make that game a little admirable and then Maryland just comes right back. I forget yeah. if this was exactly the point when Matt Rahill scored that almost like that three quarter field goal on the, on the 10 man yeah. ride. But like, then they like Maryland just, you know, Virginia was kind of propping back up. Maryland bent them right back over and kept spanking them right on the ass. I'm thinking, did Virginia just kind of let up at the end there? to now because they're going to see maryland at some point in may whether it's a national championship rematch which i i hope to god that it is or at least some point in like the final four weekend do you think that they just kind of let that game get out of hand so now maryland will go into that rematch feeling a little higher on themselves than they maybe should no there's some gamesmanship there that could that could be i, I get what you're saying i have a i have a couple obviously maryland remember what happened what happened last year right I mean, Peter LaSala also had a terrible day at the X. Terrible day. And um, and and you also can go back to, to 2019, too, when, what was that, the quarterfinal game when Virginia got that goal? That oh, and that, yes, yes. There was a lot of revenge on, on the line for Maryland coming into this game with the way that you know, the, their past two full seasons had ended. This this kind of happened though with I feel like with Petey last year where he started the season slow people were like is he 
is is he done? Is he a little washed up? You know, is he is he is he, is he getting too old for the game because he's a junior? But you know, <laughs> I just don't see him in May showing up like he showed up on Saturday. I think he's a winner. He's a competitor. So maybe like. Yeah, I guess in some sense, maybe did he not play his best on Saturday? Maybe did he save a little bit for May? Because he knows May's when he really got to uh, control the faceoff X, maybe. But I don't know. I also think there's like there's a couple thoughts that I had in this game. One, going back to your comeback when like they almost made the comeback. It was one of those comebacks where they were down five. They were they like got from like eight or something to five. And in the back of your head, you're like, oh yeah, like this is what they're supposed to do. Like you didn't think they would actually do it. But if they did do it, we're like, this is Virginia. This is what they're supposed to do. But since they didn't, we're like, oh, too far gone. Um, second, we had Larkin on twice now. But one of the times we had him, he was talking about how teams get bit in the ass because of the transfer portal, which I kind of see. But, you know, when you come to play at fucking Maryland, you 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 compete. They have to be the best. You have to c- compete with the best if you want to be the best on the field. If you want to see the playing time, you're going to have to earn that playing time. So I think that's one school that the transfer portal will not hurt them. I mean, can you make the argument for other schools? Maybe. Maybe, but you it's just what you do. If you want to go to Maryland, you want to go to Virginia, you want to go to Duke, and you're out of the portal, you know that you have your spot could be taken any day. So I don't know. That's just one thing. Like Maryland controlled the portal this year and it's paying off dividends. Yeah, I mean they're they're way too deep to bring guys in who are gonna go off and, and do their own thing a little bit when they're out there on the field. And I think that you know Tillman kind of runs it. Uh, runs a pretty tight ship over there with his iPad or his uh, yeah. Microsoft, whatever it, it may be. Um, so, but but like your guy Kyle Long, right? Yeah, best player. I'd say probably a top three player for Maryland overall. Top easily, top three easy last year. He had one assist, and they beat them by two, they, they destroyed him. And he like you know, and he didn't even play his best game. So yeah, you take him away. You can take Kyle Long out of the game and you'll still have the Keegan Cons putting up seven points. It doesn't matter. It's like pick your poison. Who do you want? Who do you want to get beat by on Maryland? That's like what it's turning into. It's a it's a monster. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Kyle Kyle had one one tough uh one tough moment where he had to end up, you know, sliding to uh to Connor Schellenberger. And, you know, if if you slide to Shelly, it, it's it's usually not going to end your way. Yeah. But one guy who I saw, one short stick who I saw, who actually did a, a pretty decent job. Um, also, Kyle, um, I don't want to just pull out the the one bad moment of that game. So uh, sorry for listening. This will be but, this will be on a social clip, by the way. Yeah, well, fuck. Uh, but but one short stick D mid, and right now for my money, probably will take that first team All American spot for the SSDM who had a pretty good showing against Shelly in, in the very few times that he ended up uh, getting matched up on him. Bubba Fairman. <laughs> a, a couple of really good moments defensively out of Bubba. And and that's just not saying it for, for the meme factor. Um, actually, actually, like a, a few really... Uh, there was definitely one moment where he was on Shelly where he uh, was able to, you know, turn him inside or, uh, you know, he held his own enough. So um, shout out to... First team All-American SSDM, Bubba. We've quietly talked about it behind the scenes. Like, I keep forgetting to mention it on the show, but I think this is a good time. I, I've been tr- keeping track of my D-Midi of the week. Sometimes we just don't run out of time. Other factors at play. But I want to just congratulate three-time D-Midi of the week, Bubba Fairman. Back to back to back. First they three-time said- D-Midi of the week on the crease they, dive. They said it couldn't happen, but it did. Um, yeah. Oh, one last thing. 
I, I was contemplating on whether or not to go on a full rant about this or not. I, I think I'm going to save this for a little bit later, but just like in, in the meantime, fuck the 10 man ride. Um, not Joe Keeks. Joe Keeks, you're awesome. But fuck the 10 man ride uh, in general as a, as a concept in lacrosse. It is idiotic for any coach to, to break out the 10 man ride in today's game where everybody all over the field is so unbelievably skilled. And if you get a long pole with the ball and he's at the top of his own box and you have the, the net wide open, guess what? He's going to splash it right in your face and you're going to look like a fucking fool. Um, I think we saw it again on, on Tuesday night. I forget which way it was in that BU Harvard game. I think the BU might've broken out. Yeah. yeah. BU broke out the 10 man ride. Um, and I, I forget who it was on Harvard, but you know, from behind midfield, splashed it so the 10 man ride if you break it out in today's game where like the stick technology is so good and all these kids are so skilled you're a buffoon um i actually disagree i think that it's one of those things where you need to know your personnel and you need to know the personnel that you're going up against and obviously if those two factors are at play the 10 man ride can be beneficial if i'm virginia and maryland where it's you know the polls are coming from long island Baltimore skilled Philadelphia skilled players. Yeah. I'm not touching them, but if you're telling me I'm Virginia and I'm playing Bellarmine, no offense to Bellarmine or like Mercer, anyone in the SoCon, like I'm whipping out that 10 man ride every day of the week. You need an athletic goalie in my opinion too. someone that has like legs so they can get back. Yeah. I, I just think that it's like the only thing that I can, the only reason why I see an, uh, a benefit to the 10 man ride in today's game is like maybe because of the shot clock, like it'll slow down their clear a little mm -hmm. bit. And then by the time that they get in settled on, on offense, they're going to be a little bit tighter on time, but overall, I don't know. I, I just feel like we've seen so many 10 man rides get blown up, uh, especially over the last few years that it, it's, it's time to get rid of them unless you want to keep ending up on the wrong side of highlight tapes. Fair point. Um, speaking of highlight tapes, uh, Princeton and Penn, they, they definitely filled up the back of the net more than enough times to, to fill out a couple highlight tapes. Uh, so, I mean, big, unbelievable weekend out of the Ivy League. You know, three conference games, all three of them uh, coming down to a one-goal game and all of them coming down to the final possession of the game. Uh, so, obviously, you know, Princeton Penn, that one goes 21 to 20 in overtime. Uh, Cornell held on to beat Yale 13 to 12. Uh, you know, again, one where, uh, you know, Yale had the ball in the final seconds of the game, could have made a play to tie it up, send it to overtime. Uh, Gavin Adler held his own on that one. And then same thing with Harvard and Brown. Uh, tough break for Larkin Kemp. The reason why he's not on today is because he's, uh, you know, he's still kind of taking in that loss and, you know, just doing a lot of self-evaluation, but again, an, another one where that, that game went to the final possession, Brown got a shot on net, pretty, you know, pretty decent save out of the, uh, out of the kid in cage for Harvard. Uh, what's, what's, what's his name? Uh, uh, I forget, but either way. Uh, so three unbelievable games, Dukes. What, what was, uh, you know, what, what one do you want to talk about here? You can kick it off. I'll just go off you. I mean, if we're going to talk about one, I'd love to talk about, Harvard Brown, because I saw, yeah, it's just tough to see your boy travel up, you know, from Connecticut, New York, wherever he's living right now, all the way up to Boston, just to see his boys in Brown get 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 their ass kicked in the, from the nerds at uh in Cambridge. And that was tough. I had a we work with the guy now uh in the barstool office who played lacrosse at Harvard. Um, 
probably like graduated like 2015 or something played in the MLL, but he was like, yeah, Larkin went, Larkin went ghost mode after that game. And I, I think that Jerry Byrne wants to talk his shit to uh, Larkin. I think he wants to get on the airwaves and talk his shit. I, I, th- I think that we should probably make that happen. Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah. No, maybe I know. That's get, what I'm saying. But I, I, th- I think we could probably get both of them going at the same time. I think that's, I think that we have to, we, we might have to wait till after the season. So we have no, uh, or maybe maybe after the Ivy League tournament, so we don't we don't have any maybe, we don't give yeah, anyone maybe, bulletin board material. Maybe yeah, after the Ivy League tournament, we'll we'll get the wheels in motion right now. We'll make it happen. Um, yeah, I mean, really really strong couple of days out of Harvard. Uh, not only do they hold on to get that win over Brown, but uh, Tuesday night that game against BU, a uh, lot of back and forth action. Uh, but you know, at, at the end of the day, Harvard was able to hold on. <laughs> We got a little help from uh, the BU coach. I don't know if you saw that one uh, during the game where forget uh, which, which kid. I think he's a big Maryland kid on uh, BU wearing 42 goes. He takes on two short sick D mids, has them all over his back. BU coach gets a little bit nervous about losing possession there, calls the timeout right as he turns around to stick a backhander right in that top left corner. Oh. I mean, he framed it right before the time or timeout called frames a backhander in the top left corner goal gets wiped off the board. And then uh, Harvard was able to keep pouring it on from there. Um, I mean, let's obviously talk about the most chaotic one right now, the Princeton Penn game, um, Mm -hmm. because I mean, that was one where, so I, I was coaching scrimmages all morning on, on Saturday, doing a little, doing a little high school coaching, just running the cleanest box in America. But uh, so I, you know, I go to check, check the score right before I'm leaving the scrimmages for my day. And I see Princeton up like it's like nine, three, nine, two, something like that. At one point I'm thinking to myself, damn, what a letdown for the, for the cardiac Quakers, right? A team that I've been talking up for the past couple of weeks team that I think is really going to start to uh, you know, they've, they've been living on the edge, dying on the edge a little bit so far to start the season with a lot of one goal wins. Uh, but I thought, you know, they were finally going to turn around, start pour, pouring it on some teams. And I see them down by six, the Princeton. And I'm like, fuck, that's going to look really bad for me. All of a sudden, they just start start chipping away that lead. Uh, you know, they end up tying it with maybe like a minute 30 left in the game. They get this all the way to 20 to 20. Uh, game goes to overtime. And listen, rules committee, Bill Tierney, I know that you're listening to the podcast right now. How's it going? Good to see you. Uh, we got to do something about the broken stick rule in college across because, uh, you know, a poll on Penn goes to throw a quick little check on Chris Brown, snaps his stick over his arm. Uh, guy's just too big, too strong, too Princeton but breaks the stick over his arm. He has to go run off the field. All of a sudden Penn's defense is scrambling. They're now going five V six ball gets back to Chris Brown and he sticks the game winner for his sixth goal and ninth point of the night. Um, But again, that that all happens because of the broken stick and the guy on Penn having to run off the field, giving the Princeton. Oh, quick little, quick little man up situation. So that rule needs to, we got to get away with that. You, if you break your stick on the field, you should be able to play with that one for the rest of the possession. Not a hockey guy talking to a hockey guy in hockey. If you break your stick, can you stay on the ice? Absolutely. And, and it's fucking bullshit because if the, the PLL, you know, shout out the PLL, shout out Eric Nardini, shout out, shout out the ESPN deal. But I mean, 
if, if we're trying to steal some, some things from hockey in PLL, like power play, you know, like being like the fastest sport on two feet, shortening the field, trying to make it have it, like the excitement of hockey, then why the fuck won't, why, why can't you play without a stick? I mean, e- even if you can't, like, if you have to do like behind the back, hands behind the back sort of thing, so you can't push, <laughs> like, fine, but like, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God, that would be sense. hilarious to see guys just, just shuffling the feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is for the this is why you watch the youtube you can watch this but like throwing like a poke check with your hand <laughs> like trying to get it out would be so fucking funny seeing how creative people would get like just would be hilarious i do i do like the hands behind your back i think that that'd be a really good uh really good visual for people um but i mean in box across you can go without a stick and and the pll you can go without a stick and hockey you can go without a stick so i don't know like you just you, you feel the way that these sticks are made. Like they're so light, like, and guys are getting so strong, like they're bound to break. So like maybe when you were using a wooden stick back in the seventies and like the only way to snap it was if you like tried to actually use it as a murder weapon, then like, yeah, if you snap it, you should probably get off the field. Cause you're a fucking psychopath. Not mm-hmm. because you can't play the ball without a stick, but because you're just a lunatic. I also hate like if you, if a player drops his stick, but then like gets in the way of like a ground ball, then the ref will call the playing without a stick call. And then possession goes the other way. It's, it all just seems to be a, a total headache that we don't need to deal with. So let's get rid of that. Uh, let's get rid of that rule, but not to take anything away from Princeton's win. I mean, that was a pretty, pretty dominant offensive performance out of them, especially out of Chris Brown. Uh, if there's one thing that Chris Brown knows how to do, it's, it's land some heavy hits. Um, oh, so. Was that a reference to his rap career or uh, never mind? Never mind. We'll go on to the next <laughs> Also, but, I just got to say um, the broken stick rule. Just one last thing. I want the broken stick rule to still be in effect if it benefits me and the team that I'm rooting for. Oh, but absolutely. if it hurts me, if it hurts me and the team that I'm rooting for, I think that we should ban it forever. Or I, I th- we should, yeah. I think that that's only fair. And I think that again, Bill Tierney, if you're listening to this one, just do me a favor, check in with Dukes before every game is played. See what, you know, see what action he has on these games. Yeah, the and then, uh, and then just, you know, plan accordingly from there. Um, Real quick, some some breaking news out of Cornell, uh, at least breaking on Saturday. It appears that Chase Erlin is adopted, um, or at least that is what TD said after the game, uh, because Chase ended up with 18 saves on the day, which is actually, it's funny because, um, you know, Chase Erlin had 18 saves in that Cornell 13 to 12 win over, uh, over Yale. But at the same time, Jared Paquette also had 18 saves for Yale. So, like, whoever won that game, the headline was going to be that goalie's 18 saves led the way. Um, So it's not like he totally outplayed uh, Paquette for Yale. But, yeah, after that game, TD on Twitter, uh, you're adopted. Your parents don't even love you, Chase Erland. So uh, it seems like TD has taken that one very, very well. Tough, tough loss for the alum, for the Eli. I was kind of shocked that the Princeton and Penn goalie didn't get goalie of the week, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they had, they had, they're, they they're had seeing that. a lot of shots. So, like, no, for sure. I'm not, no, no slight at them. I mean, look at me. I'm fucking a backup high school goalie talking shit about players that are way better than yeah, me. Yeah, but, but you're they like had the, best 17. the best backup high school no, the, goalie. The, the, great, the greatest, the greatest backup. But Check they, the had, practice they, had 17, they had 17 saves combined. 
Like it's just crazy that like in two two Ivy League games, you have two goalies that have 18 saves each, and then and then one game where there's 17 saves combined. I mean, it was it was a wild weekend in the Ivies, and that's that's what we love to see. Um, yeah, aside from Chase Erland's uh, 18 saves in that one, uh, CJ Kirst had four goals for Cornell. And I, I want to throw a little question at you here. The cursed family. Yeah. All right. So let, let's like bunch of bunch of animals. Now let's say that we have a lacrosse tournament and the only teams invited are lacrosse families, right? So you, you can only show up yeah. and, you, and you play with your, with your brothers or whatever. So there's a tournament. Where do you see the cursed brothers coming out in that? Like, where do you see them placing in that one? So like, let's say like we've got the gates will go out there, but they're a pretty small team. You've got the pals, uh, the Stanwicks have like, I mean, they have like, they're able to sub in and out. Like they have the a Thompson's. The Thompson's are there. Um, who, who else would be in there? Um, oh, the, the Bernhardt's would be in there. Oh, that's a good one. But I mean the the Curse family, and they have a great goalie involved as well. Yeah, shit. I was gonna say burn. Well, I was. I think I might, because the Bernhards would have all three phases of the game besides goalie basically covered. They have Jake, Jesse, Jared. But that's if Jared decides to come back from playing football. <laughs> yeah, after he after his stint with the Patriots. Shout out Ferris State. Yeah, after his st- st- stint with the Patriots. But I don't know. That's a tough one. The Curse family is the most underrated family in lacrosse. I think. I mean, you oh. are completely right about that. I mean, they are they are studs top to bottom. Um, I mean, Cole Curse had had four goals as well in Lehigh's win mm-hmm. over Army this weekend. So I mean, there's there's eight goals out of the brothers. Um, and then Rutgers, what Rutgers played a shit bag on, uh, on, on Saturday, but that's a tough question. I've been thinking about this hard. I mean, I, I think you just got to go with the Thompsons. Don't overthink it. Okay. But I, but I do think that the curse brothers put up a, a very admirable performance in that tournament. I, I think that they're, they're a team that maybe, maybe they go out in the, Maybe they make a nice little run to the final four and then they're the team heading into next year where everyone's like, yep, like they, well, three, they, they finished third. I think I'm going. Okay. I'm going, yes. I'm going Thompson's Thompson's Bernhardt's Kirst's Stanwick's. Yeah. Just out of numbers, like Stanwick's just, I mean, obviously steal one, one of the goats. Yeah. But I mean, but I I mean, mean like if, if you're able to run, like 45, like a whole roster of 45 out there, you're, you're going to, you're going to do pretty well. Um, but yeah, so, so good win for Cornell. Um, tough one for, for Yale. Let's see. That was, that was all. Oh yeah. And then, well, Dartmouth also got a win o- over the weekend. So there, there you go. There are four Ivy wins uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, any other games from Saturday or, or the weekend that, uh, um... that, that stood out to you? Yeah, I, I'd like to talk about how Hopkins is just becoming the Dallas Cowboys and how they are literally that, a team of the a team of the past. They used it. to be great. They used to be the, the gold standard. And, you know, they still have fans running around. They still have fans in the wild. They have fans all over the nation. But 
mean, does anybody really care? They still get brought on these network games and they're, they're dog shit. I mean, this is, I mean, Navy gets the first win over Hopkins since 1969. I mean, seriously, that's like, that was before the, is that, is that before the Vietnam War? I don't know. It was before Woodstock. It was before Woodstock. Oh yeah, yeah. That's all you need to know. Before Woodstock. So, I mean, and then they lost again to Delaware. Um, just tough. I mean, I, I know we talk about Hopkins a lot. We hate on Hopkins a lot, but it's just, it's crazy to think that one day their lacrosse shorts at Lacrosse Unlimited were like the go-to things to get. I mean, I could only imagine that those are just piling up in the basement at this point. So much dust on them. Um, that was probably my favorite 45 to 60 seconds in the history of this podcast as a, as a big time hop hater. And as a big time Dallas Cowboys hater, yeah. um, I loved everything about that whole that whole little spiel. And it's, it's dead on too, because there's not a lot to, <laughs> there's not a lot coming out of Hopkins besides just brutal loss after brutal loss. And they're still going to end up with games on ESPNU. And it's like, get them out of my face. Um, oh, uh, I got then, one. I got yeah, a verbal well, meme. Um, my mom, uh, Johns Hopkins lacrosse fans, handshake, always being disappointed. That's a verbal meme. There you go. <laughs> uh, and and, and turn Drake, get it, get it up on the, get it up on the Twitter. Uh, yeah, I mean, good, good win out of Notre Dame, and I think that uh, you know that that's just. Does it say more about Notre Dame, or does it say more that Michigan was just the most fraudulent team to ever exist, and like they should probably go to jail for those first seven games? Like that was just pure uh I, I don't know exactly what word i'm looking for here but um just just fraudulent 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 when you when you trick investors into giving you money uh is, is yeah, that just man. yeah so they're the dukes of college <laughs> um well, no, no. i mean i mean can we just talk about fucking we, we were just talking about virginia got stampeded by maryland we my boys from in the irish they got they only lost to maryland by two that so I would say that that the Virginia Maryland game said a lot more about Notre Dame than the Notre Dame win over Michigan, but really good, really good game out of Liam Mensiman. Um, another I mean, he's a know, stud. He, yeah, he, so, he played his best game of the year at the moment they needed him most. I mean, he is a brick wall. I think he was in his head heavy the first couple of games. I mean, I've said it time after time, and I'll say it every fucking episode until everyone gets through gets through everyone's thick goal. He's the best goalie in the country. There's no doubt about it in my mind. He's the um, best goalie in the country. I just want to say real quick, we we both fucked up. Now that we're talking about this game, do you know where we fucked up at? Not talking about the Cavanaugh's yet? Yeah, about, yeah, in that tournament of... of bro- <sighs> oh my God, we did fuck up so bad. <laughs> They have two. Prof- I, they have two guys that are playing pros, and one, two, basically on the tour time watch list, and we just grew. All right, just the Kavanaugh's have run that tournament next. Dang, um, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, really good for Notre Dame, and I think that that's a win um, that that's gonna you know help them moving forward. I think that that's uh, one one of those wins where you kind of needed. Like every once in a while, you need a slump buster, right? Like she, you know, she might be 
Might not be exactly what you were looking for at the time, but she's exactly what you needed at the time to get yourself going. Uh, so good for good for Notre Dame and uh, Michigan. I never want to hear from you again. Um, already mentioned that Lehigh held off to beat uh, Army eleven to ten. So uh, guess Lehigh hates the troops. Pretty good win for Denver. Uh, their their first like big win of the season uh, to take down Ohio State. Sure. So. Ohio State is still going to be a uh, like 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 a show me team, like yeah, they're 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 going to need to prove it to me. I, I think that the Big Ten outside of Maryland, um, relatively relatively shit so far this year. So I I think that you know Ohio State's going to have a pretty good run to the tournament. Like they'll just have to take care of Rutgers, I guess. Um, but they're still going to be in the show me stage. I still don't see much out of Denver this year, but. That was definitely either. that was definitely a window that they had to have, or else they were going to be uh, full blown irrelevant this season. Thank um, God that we had the Denver Loyola game last year in the tournament. Probably my favorite lacrosse game, college lacrosse game I've ever watched. Like low key, besides like a Final Four championship game, that genuinely was the best lacrosse game I've ever seen. Yeah, I think Bill Tierney's still screaming at that ref <laughs> right now. That's that's like the one, the one thing <laughs> that I really remember is just. <laughs> Really, just st- the man was beat red. He always I mean, is, but I, I think that Loyola and Denver are still just hung up on that game. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then I mean, North Carolina high point close one. Oh, I, I do want to say out of that one. Um, so in that game, Chris Gray, I don't know if he if he passed Connor Fields or if he tied Connor Fields for fourth most points all time. Uh, but he's sitting right now at three hundred and sixty four points in his career. Right now, he's he's scoring 6.1 points per game. Big stats guy over here. Um, so they have six more games left in the regular season. Now, I don't know how well you are at multiplication, but six times Great. six, 36. So if, if he keeps on this pace, he will end up beating Lyle Thompson for the most point, most career points in D1 history. Hmm. He's pretty good at this game, huh? He's decent for sure. Does that sound a little weird though? Yeah, I don't like that to be honest. Wait, Gutty has he, the record lo- though, right? The, or is that goals? I think that's goals. Goals. I think that's goals. Listen, we love Chris Gray, friend of the program. I think he's a two-time guest on the show. Um, still sounds a little weird though that that he'd overtake Lyle. Maybe it's just because of the I don't know how many games he's played, though. I feel like he's had to have played more games. Oh, but yeah, because he had the COVID year. He's the, the year co- below the, me, the, and I'm the, two years out of college. Year. Yeah, so like I, he gets a couple games, went to a Final Four, but he also played for BU for a couple of years, so then you could say he didn't have those postseason games to some extent. Uh, that's another th- uh, good friend of the program, Dan Oresti. I saw him tweet out the other night uh, that if Chris Gray stayed at BU, that they'd be ranked ahead of UNC right now. Agree or disagree? It's such a preposterous take that I think that I have to agree with it because he, clearly he sees something in BU that I'm just not seeing. But I, I I love that take. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'm also I'm I'm also not going to disagree with 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 brother Dan. Yeah, um, no, no, I'll say this: no rebuttal for me. <laughs> All right. Well, I th- I think that pretty much wraps up everything that you may have missed in the past week of college across and anything else that sticks out to you? Um, not really. I mean, fucking, if you want to talk girls across really quick, 
the, oh, the I saw Charlotte something with North goal. The Charlotte North that? goal was literally disgusting. I, I would do any, if any listener out there could get me in contact with her to do a goalie challenge, I'm dying. I'm like done in two weeks. I'll be on the road. I'm going up to Boston. I would love, love, love nothing more than for her to embarrass the fuck out of me. Like I want her to emasculate me as a human being. Are, I want are her you, to- you going to have her shoot from the eight meter? Or do you want her to back up a little bit? Because <sighs> the way she moves it from that are dude, the power cradle. Like, I don't know. I don't know how teams like don't just have a girl running out for the face off. Like as soon as she starts that power cradle, it's like, you know, what's going to happen. Like, you know, exactly what's going to happen here. That ball is going to splatter the back of the net. You guys are going to go take a draw. Like you should already be out there. You're just wasting time. There, there's two things that I've thought about um, in the, in the hypothetical situation that me and Charlotte North, she, she shoots on me one. It can't be, like the wet, the net can't be wet at all because I don't want her to paint <laughs> the corner splash. and the splash. That, that's just too much for me. Second trust circle. Nobody tell her this. Everyone gather in. I'm just going to guess where she's shooting it. I'm just going to protect the corner. I'm just going to top left. Just like protect that. Cause if she like bounces it in on me or she goes low on me, like I'll let her get that. I'm only going to stop. Thing, though, she's a sick bastard. She doesn't go low. Like she wants, I, I know she, that's she what I'm saying. That, she like, wants domination she, factor I, of painting a corner. I know. Fuck. She's so good. But yeah, I saw something. I did see something about, I want to try to find it really quick, but it was something about BC, BC women's lacrosse had a great attendance compared to Johns Hopkins, Syracuse. It was, I think BC UNC almost doubled men's lacrosse, BC, uh, Syracuse, Johns Hopkins at Homewood, which well, is just yeah. crazy to think about. Grow the game. Well, was that a, was that a, didn't BC, they just played UNC, I think. Yeah. They had, they doubled the attendance of Johns Hopkins Syracuse. Right. So you, the, the difference there is you have multiple superstars on the field for that BC UNC women's game. And you have a grand total of 0.5 stars in, uh, in, in Syracuse first hop. I'm, I I like Tucker Gordovic enough that I'm not going to say he's not a, he's not a stud. So I'll give him that 0.5, but yeah. No, yeah, there, I guess I guess to some extent like, you can make the you can make the argument I sounded a little misogynistic, but you just if I told you five years ago that Johns Hopkins, Syracuse at Homewood for Dave Petromala's return would only get like twenty nine hundred people and BC UNC women's across had six thousand, seven thousand people, that's insane. Yeah. Well that, that's what I'm saying. Like you like like Charlotte North is a superstar in, in lacrosse, like as big as it gets. We, uh, I got asked by people here, like who, who should we try to like get in contact maybe for like merch? I don't even just, and I was like, look, here's like a list of guys. You guys could probably imagine who I like told them about. And then I was like, really for girls, like, there's like three names you need. And two of them are in the ACC. Like I was like, it's two dead guys, Jamie Ortega and Charlotte North. And I was like, Charlotte North is the white whale. I mean, she is. She, she's, she's changing the game. I mean, it's, it's very, it's just very impressive. I'd love to have her on for an interview. Big fan of hers. Yeah. I uh, came close a couple times. Um, I think Charlotte I might have our lock for her. Okay. There we go. Um, well, speaking of, uh, you know, ratings and attendance and, you know, superstar deals uh, before we get into our college lax weekend preview for this upcoming week, we have to, 
change gears a little bit and talk about the PLL because they just announced their new uh, four-year broadcasting deal with ESPN. So all, I, I think, what, what was the final? Like 47 games will be played on either ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, or you can stream all of them on ESPN+. Plus. Um, huge, huge news for the league. I mean, the thing about like, first off, I, like, I, I really enjoyed the NBC, uh, the, mm-hmm. their coverage. Like I, I really enjoyed all those broadcasts. I think that they did incredible things, um, you know, with the mic'd up players during the game with, uh, you know, interviewing players, like as they're coming off the field on the sideline, like all that was awesome. Like the production that NBC put together was really, really good. But this, this deal is so huge for the PLL because of what happens after the games are done, right? Like last, the last three years, like the games, the production on NBC was great. But then after that, what, like you went to NBC, you didn't really hear about the PL. Like it's, it's not like they have like other shows where they just get to keep talking about the games. Um, But with ESPN, like, you know, they're, they're not only going to get eyeballs on the game while they air the actual games, but then you're going to get more coverage on sports center. You might even get Stephen A. Smith uh, just talking about, Sergio Perkovic running guys over and shit like that. Um, so like you're, you're going to get a little bit more of them shoving the game down your throat, which is pretty much what we need. So huge, huge news for the PLL. I think that if anyone follows Larkin on Twitter, I think he made great points. I mean, just the fact that we can, that lacrosse ESPN owns the vertical for lacrosse indoors, outdoors professional. And then you got college. It's a one, one stop for all across. I'm very happy for for the PLL. I'm very happy that they got the deal done. I do have one question, though. This is when it gets interesting because, you know, during championship, it's like September 14th, September 7th, and college football is big around that time. The championships usually like a sat on a Saturday or Sunday at 3 o'clock. I feel, I feel, like, exactly. I feel like the, the final the is you is – you, well, so I feel like the final is, t- is typically on a Sunday – it was Saturday the first year, Sunday the second. Like okay, or like last year. Then the COVID year was whatever. The first year was a Saturday. My in my brain, I'm gonna look it up now. But in my brain, I was gonna, I was wondering how they would set it up if it was Saturday with college football. But I bet you it's a Sunday. I'm I'm almost positive that it it was a Sunday. Oh, but I do think it was it was either week one or week two of the NFL season. So still like mm-hmm. a little bit of a, of a tough draw. But I don't I don't think that it's gonna be. Uh, it was it was definitely a Sunday this year. I feel like it was. Uh, it definitely was. I remember because like se- we September fourteenth, and I think the the Eagles were playing against. Uh, either way, bad radio. But no, no, because uh, I remember Big Cat was talking about it. Oh shit! If the Water Dogs make the championship, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch it during right. the first NFL Sunday. Uh, well, hold up. Am I seeing? Real, real quick, this is just uh, break, breaking news as. As this is going, uh, damn the rock. I'm, I'm I'm seeing the rock interacting with Paul Rabel on Twitter. Dwayne, the rock Johnson, Dwayne, the rock Johnson may have heard of him before. Um, Oh yeah. The Miami football player. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he was also in, um, a movie called the tooth fairy where it was about a, a hockey player, um, who ended up becoming the tooth fairy because hockey players uh, lose their teeth a lot. So I don't know if you guys saw that one or not, but probably one of the greatest 
films of the 20th century. Uh, but yeah, to finish off this PLL ESPN deal. Um, yeah, I, I think just really big for, for the league. I think that it's going to get, you know, a lot of good eyeballs on the game. And I think, you know, again, the, the PLL in itself is like such a, a made for TV uh, experience. Just it's, it's fast paced. It's, you know, the field's a little bit shorter. I, I feel like the rules are probably a lot easier to understand as a, as a newcomer to lacrosse, like, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the two point line makes a lot of sense. It's, it's going to get people excited who haven't seen the sport before. It's going to look a little bit more familiar to them if they're used to watching basketball. Um, so I think that this is, this is big for the league. The only few things that I hope is that one, um, that, you know, let, let, let the boys cuss on, on ESPN plus, right. If, if, if the fellows are mic'd up, let a couple swears pass by. Uh, and I also hope that Ryan Boyle is able to make the jump over to ESPN. Confirmed, Ken. Has that already? Bio. Oh, okay. Well, I saw perfect. I saw he had like NBC dash PLL and there was like with ESPN. So Beautiful. I mean that that's a dream. I mean, him would you like a niche or a cark on it? Who who's your dream? Who's your who's your game day? Who do you want on game day? Well, it's, just, it's just tough with a neat, like, is, is he going to be available for the something because he's doing the Carolina Panthers now. So like that, like I, a niche is my guy. That's, Same. that's, that's what I would want. Um, you bring back I, McEnany. Yeah. I, I think, I think that that's, that's probably the way to go. I, I know that Quint is, is already in with ESPN, but I just feel like if, if you're, I don't know, you just, I'll say it. It, Go ahead. The worst decision that the that the PLL could make with this ESPN Plus deal is to get Quint on the call. I agree, and, and, and I mean that truthfully. If Quint if Quint truly loves the game of lacrosse and he truly wants the game to grow, he will stick to college lacrosse, be happy with his paycheck, stick to wrestling and college football once in a while, but get the fuck away from the PLL. You do not need to ruin this. Yeah, like. Boyle does such a great job of breaking down the game after goals. And he's, he's able to kind of tell you exactly what happened without dumbing it down too much to where it's like patronizing. And then you get Kark out there, or not Kark. Well, sorry Quinn. for the ricochet Kark. Yeah. Kark, Kark, you're cool. Uh, but then you, you get Quinn out there and he's just like, and this is like, if it was a, you know, baseball guy hitting a home run and that's what a goal is in the cross and uh, you know, and turn and rake. Oh, that's a great save. It reminds me of when I played at Hopkins in 1987. Yeah. Fuck but- car. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. I keep <laughs> yeah, fucking it's, this it's- up. <laughs> fuck Quint. Uh, Kark, we love you. Um, yeah, Cl- yeah, Kark's so- like my favorite. I'd love to have so, him. Yeah, huge news for the PLL. And, uh, you know, we'll be, I'm sure, talking, talking more about that uh, as we get closer to the PLL season. Uh, let's wrap this thing up here with uh, with a couple picks and predictions for this weekend slate of games. So, uh, you know, we've got another couple big ones in the Ivy with Penn, Cornell, uh, Princeton's going on the road to Yale. Uh, Your Notre Dame Irish, they have a chance to prove themselves if that if that win over uh, Michigan is is enough to spark them heading into this back half of the season with a game against Virginia. Uh, you know, Georgetown, Lehigh, that's going to be a good one. And then a, a good Sunday in the Big Ten. So uh, a- any games here that stick out to you as a certified lock, a Dukes guarantee, I'm pretty sure you're undefeated on the season. I really like Cornell plus one and a half. Really like Cornell plus one and a half. 
Um, I think that defense is pretty legit. I think that Erlen is a big, big time stopper from behind. But I mean, just looking away from that game, I guess the Virginia Notre Dame game, I've been going back and forth with this. The first time I'm looking at the line two and a half. I want I want to say Notre Dame, but I wanted to really bad. I was hoping it was going to be like three and a half, four and a half. I, I think that, I think that Virginia just might be a little bit too talented and might and, have and, too, a big, big, big S chip on their shoulder from getting embarrassed. I, I think that their that their tails were tucked so hard between their legs after that loss to Maryland, just a lot of tension, and now that tail is going to springboard straight back out and just smack the shit out of whoever is next. And unfortunately for the Irish, it's it's them. Tough tough draw for them. And th- this is also that in any other sport where it's pop very popularly betted, like football, basketball, two and a half would be a trap game. So you'd say. That makes no sense. Why is Virginia spread that low? You got to take Notre Dame. But it, lacrosse isn't bet that much where I wouldn't even think of it as a trap game, really. I think that it's just bet Virginia and hope that Entman doesn't have another another game where he saves 70% of his shots. Yeah, I like uh, I, I like Lehigh keeping it pretty tight against Georgetown. It's going to be a home game Ooh. for Lehigh. Uh, I, I think that Sisselberger and Riley will be a pretty good matchup at, at the faceoff X, a uh, pretty good matchup between the goalies in that one. So, uh, you know, I think Georgetown probably wins, but I think that one stays pretty tight. Um, oh, and, and I also love Maryland minus minus six on the road at Penn state. Just, just going to happy Valley Sunday night. night yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, so we got we got Sunday night Big Ten lacrosse back in our lives. So really excited about that one. Um, but I think, I, although I I don't know, like I'm saying that almost tongue in cheek right now. I do think that this is one of those games where Penn State, like I, I still feel like Penn State is too talented to be as bad as they as they have been this season. Um, you know, they've had a few of those games where they show up to play against teams that are very good. So six might be a, a little much for Maryland, especially after. You know, do do I think that they shit kick Virginia and then go ahead and shit kick Penn State the very next week? I think that they have more than enough guys to do it. But um, I have a stone still... cold lock. Let's hear it. Stone cold lock. If you're scared of the points, take Princeton money line against Yale. If you ain't no bitch like me, take the minus one and a half. That's that's mine. Um, I truthfully think that Yale is a very well-coached team that kind of sucks right now. I think that by the end of the May, they could, they could make a run in the tournament. Cause that's how much I think that the coaching staff is legit. That's how much I think that like Yale is gritty, but to some extent, I you got to challenge the senior class. I, I, to bring love, that that Yale, back to the I love that Yale across was able to do that to be able to, to, to be able to get some guys who go to Yale and, and have like the, the qualifier that you have as their team gritty, but it's literally, it's, it actually, it it actually is. It's so true. It is. But like in no other facet of life, would you be able to say that a Yale guy is gritty, but their lacrosse team has somehow taken on that persona. I was, I was talking to a Yale guy over the weekend and he, he denied it, but I did ask him, I was like, do you think that, you know, the COVID year, then having the, the, the season canceled last year, did they kind of lose that mantra in the locker room of being the badass, tough guys, shit talkers? Because it's not like the senior class can like trickle it down. It's not like the younger guys can see it kind of progress. It's like they came in as a freshman and now they're juniors all of a sudden. So I was like, has that had it really any effect? He said that it'll come back, 
I kind of called bullshit on it. I think that it is affecting them. I think that they aren't playing like Yale usually plays, but that's just my opinion. What do I really know? Um, I hope it comes back because at one point they were my favorite team to watch. Just assholes. The lot of <laughs> such. Um, it was Notre Dame and Yale always. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I love that call. I think that's uh, you know twenty three and a half as as the total in that one. I feel like it's pretty low. I feel like that's that's going to be a game that uh, gets going early and gets going often. Um, yeah, I, I do like Virginia coming big. They're in need of a bounce back after that one. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think that you know, and Entman has enough to to keep that one tight. Uh, you know, especially after his performance that he had this past weekend, but. Uh, I, I like Virginia bouncing back there. Like I already said, I like I like Lehigh keeping it tight at Georgetown. Um, then the Big Ten games. I don't know. Maybe maybe I would just maybe I would just sprinkle on the over in uh, Maryland Penn State Sunday night under the lights. Happy Valley boys are going to be buzzing. I feel like you know Penn State's a team that a lot of guys on Maryland would like to really stick it to. So I feel like um, you know they're going to shoot whenever they get the opportunity. And then I think that, you know, this is a game for Penn state where some of those guys might play a little bit better than they've looked so far this season. So I like the over in that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm probably going to say Penn state with the points, to be honest. It, it is, it is a massive line. Yeah. Uh, I also think that this is a, like a Tambroni game where he can't get embarrassed. If defense has made substantial strides in the past couple of weeks. Then I, I think that he, he's in the film room all week. He's making sure that he doesn't get embarrassed in this one because maybe he does feel the pressure. Maybe to an extent he does feel the pressure. Yeah. Tambroni and Tillman are, are like almost like, I, I feel like they're just like brothers. Like they're I the same person. It's so hard to tell person. them apart. It's just one of them carries around the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when they're both, they're both coaching the Ivies at the same time. <laughs> that, fu- that fucked me up when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're the same part. Um, yeah. I, I, Again, that, that's a that's a big line, so that's why I just like the the total in that one. But yeah, so another big weekend of college across ahead of us. So you know, get get a few screens ahead of you as you're throwing on college basketball for the weekend. Throw some lax games on. Uh, make sure if you're not already, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Crease Dive on YouTube. We're uploading all the podcast episode, full episodes up there, uh, you know, and just follow along. We'll probably get some more video content going uh, as our schedules free up a little bit once the basketball season's over and once it gets a little bit nicer outside. So go check out, subscribe, the crease dive on YouTube, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at the crease dive. Uh, Dudes, you got anything else for, for the boys and girls at home? Yeah, look. We, we, we made the YouTube for you guys, the viewers. We, we're, I'm putting in extra work in the office. I'm, I'm, I'm grinding early morning. I'm grinding late at night to give it's you not, guys better content. Called, it's not if called you guys YouTube. Want, yeah. It's called if, YouTube. YouTube, what'd I say? That's what I'm saying. We didn't make oh, it for yeah, us. We made yeah, it for you. Yeah, yeah. It's not MeTube. It's not WeTube. It's YouTube. It's for you. Um, I mean, we're. I think in even two weeks, maybe this is a little breaking news, but... I think Philly football might be shooting on me, get him a little warm up going. So that's something that we could see. Maybe, maybe some other things during the week. We're, we're going to try to fish some things out, test some things out, but the YouTube will be popping. The YouTube will be where all the content is besides the podcast. So make sure you subscribe. It's going to be a great time. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. We out.